Go ahead and take your Bibles and raise them up high. This year, we, as a church, we here at New Hope are making a commitment to make our Bibles important, to make them something that we truly treasure and we truly cherish. So say this together with me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. We have been in a series this year, a series pastor entitled Breakthrough, where we have claimed that this year here at New Hope, we will have a year of breakthrough. In your own personal life, we have been praying for a breakthrough for you. And today we are going to continue this series. And the title of my message today is called Release. Stop holding it. And I love the song that we sang. We sang Arms Open Wide. And when they picked that song out, they had no idea what the title of my message would be. But when we decide to let our arms be open wide, it means we are able to stop holding all the things that we are holding on to. And we are able to receive God's blessings. So today, this month, this week, this year, I am challenging you to release. We, as a church, you as individuals, when you release, you can be released from the place of bondage. You can be released from the perspective of bondage, the thought that you are in bondage. And once you are released from the place of bondage, and the perspective of bondage, that's when you will be released into the promise of a blessing. Again, this year as a church is our year of breakthrough. And this can be your year of breakthrough. Everyone say breakthrough. Breakthrough. Come on. Breakthrough. To have a breakthrough, there's two parts to it. One, God plays one part. But we have to play the other part. We can't just wake up every day thinking, all right, this is going to be my year of breakthrough. God's going to do it and not put forth any effort. We have to make sure we're asking for God's guidance. We have to make sure we're following God's guidance in order to have true breakthrough. We can't let God do all the work. Sometimes we want a supersized miracle without having to pay a price. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that this year can be our year of breakthrough. That all we have to do is follow after you. We have to stop holding on to the things that you are telling us to let go of. Father God, we ask you today to come down here and show us how we can have a breakthrough. In your heavenly and most gracious name, amen. feel like I'm in a prison. In my mind, there's a closet. In that closet, there's a box. I go to this box at least once a day. I dread opening it but I don't know how to live without it. 
this box. I keep the past. I keep my mistakes and failures, my sins, and my regrets. This box contains the voices that keep me from moving forward, all the things that keep me from living. These cards, these voices, have become the very definition of my inner being. They keep me from escaping the darkest parts of me. You deceive. You only care about yourself. You're an addict. You're unkind. You judge others. when I feel strong enough to take back control to let go of these regrets to just walk away but every time I try hear the voices even louder. This is who you are. You are no better than you were before. Do you think God still wants you? Do you think he still cares? How many times is he going to take you back? You're careless and selfish. You just don't measure up. And I'm pulled right back into the box. With shame, and guilt, without freedom. I have allowed this box to imprison me. How many of us do that? We have something that we keep going back to. We have that box in our closet with all of our discouraging thoughts, with all the things we struggle with, with all the things from our past. And instead of totally getting rid of that, we keep opening up that closet and finding that place that we have it hidden from everybody else. And we pull it out when we're alone. And we keep going through our past mistakes. We keep going through our addictions. We keep going through our strongholds. We keep going through our sins. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write this down. And if you're not, write it down in your mind. Commit this to memory. Stop holding. Two simple words. Stop holding. You have attitudes that you need to release. Some of us have people in our life that we need to release. Some of us have dreams that we dreamed of in the seventh grade when we said, I am going to do this. And we never consulted God about it. And God never gave us confirmation. But you're like, I'm going to do this. And God's saying, you need to release those things. That's not what I have for you. Your ways are not my ways. Some of us have habits, hurts, Hang-ups, addictions, and sins that we need to release. So many things that are in our mind 
that we hold on to ourselves. So many things that we're dwelling on that we create a problem for ourselves. Our plan without God's presence is a problem. When we say, I'm doing this without God's presence, that's when we create so many problems. There are so many things that we hold on to. We hold on to anger. Like my natural reaction when something isn't going right, like even if I'm playing a game and I I do something wrong, my natural reaction is to punch something. My natural reaction when I was playing basketball, you know, growing up and we were playing outside, if I missed an easy shot, my natural reaction would be to go up to the pole and just punch it. Or, you know, my natural reaction, if I'm working down in the basement and I can't get something right, is just to take that piece of wood and throw it. That is my natural reaction. That's just the truth. But some of us, we wear a mask. We wear a mask so long that we can't see the truth. And the thing is, the word truth has kind of become sort of a cuss word or a swear word in our lives and sometimes even in church. You know, we're like, well, if I, if I speak the truth, I'm the bad guy. If I speak the truth about this person, you know, if I tell them, hey, you shouldn't be doing that, I'm the bad guy. I might offend somebody. Well, here's the thing. The Bible tells us that the truth will set you free. And some of us haven't admitted the truth to ourselves. What if your spouse really knew the truth about what you do in your alone time? Or what if your spouse really knew the truth about the thoughts of depression and anxiety in your mind? What if your family really knew the truth about you? What if you were honest with yourself? I believe if you were truly honest with yourself, that is when you will be set free. But some of us, we just get so comfortable holding everything we have. We get so comfortable with only doing things halfway because we're just holding on to so much junk. And what we need to do is we need to stop holding it. I don't know what it is for you, but it has you in this place of bondage where you just need to release. It has you keeping from having a true walk with God and having true freedom. It could be unforgiveness. It could be holding a grudge. It could be being mad at your mom and dad because maybe one of them left you. You thought they weren't there for you when they should be. God says, I don't want... I don't want what happened to you in the past to paralyze you in the present. I don't want what happened to control you now. Some of us were exposed to some crazy and horrible things when we were younger. And experiences that nobody should ever have to go through. Some of us may have been in a relationship that was toxic. And we have emotional scars or maybe even physical scars. And I'm not going to stand up here and try to explain it because I can't. All I know is that we live in a fallen world where things happen and sin happens and perversion and sickness. And all I know is that God is saying, won't you come to me and trade your ashes in for beauty? Because I'm the only one who can make something beautiful out of a dark and dirty situation. God is begging you, let me have it. You can't handle it. But I'm God. I can carry it. I can carry your burdens. I can carry your hardships. 
All you have to do is let go. But we hold on to it, and it keeps us safe. And we put up wall after wall after wall until we have no escape. We've put up so many walls around us that we're trapped in. We're trapped in by all of our thoughts and all of our past hardships and all of our past hurts. And we can't move forward into what God wants us to do until we release. Go ahead and turn to Ecclesiastics chapter 3. It's found in the Old Testament. It's not a a book we go to a lot. Ecclesiastics chapter 3. And we're going to be focusing on one verse out of that. And I'm going to read it out of three different versions just because I like the different wording. Um, For some of you... You may know a song that says, turn, turn, turn to everything there is a season. Turn from this, turn from that. It says there's a time to weep, you know, a time to mourn. Well, think about that next time you hear that song, that that is actually a biblical song. And it comes from this passage here in Ecclesiastes 3. So verse 1 says, for everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. Verse 6, in one version it says, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. Another version says a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away. And then the message says a right time to hold on to, and another time to be like Elsa and let it go. There are so many things that we just need to stop holding, and we need to let it go. And I know I know myself, it is so hard to stop holding on to these things because if we stop holding on to these things, that is where we begin to give up control. And how many of us, myself included, want complete control of my life? Because if I'm in control, I know what can happen. But as soon as I let God be in control, and as soon as I know it says that He ordains my footsteps... I don't see the path all the way up ahead, but if I stay in control and I stay right here, it means I'm not moving and I know what's around me. I know where, how far I can go. And God is saying, some of those things I need you to throw away. Some of those things I need you to cast away. And some of those things I just need you to stop holding and let them go. We're saying, but God, God, they don't deserve forgiveness. What they did to me, how they talked about me, you know what? They may not, but by holding on to it, it's killing you. By holding on to these things, we're killing ourselves. And how bad do you want revenge that you want to lose that much of yourself? Or do you want to say, God, you can have this in you, God, you can fight my battles. Because I will lose them, but I know, God, you will win every battle that we face. God says, my ways are better than your ways. I have plans for you. Plans for you to prosper. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Plans not to harm you. But all you have to do is stop holding. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your worries, cast all your cares, all your anxieties, or give them all to God because He cares 
for you. And myself included. Sometimes we think, really? Really, God really cares for me? If God really wants me to prosper, and God really cares for me, then why am I facing the battles that I am facing? Why do I feel so far down that I can barely look up? Why do I keep facing hardship after hardship after breakdown after breakdown? It's because life is made up of two things. The things that happen to you, the things that you can't control, and this is a cause and effect. So we have the things that happen to us that we can't control, and then how we react to the things that happen to us. What you decide. A lot of us look at what happened, and we want to carry those things with us. We have them. And another thing comes. We say, hey, it's okay. I may have a little bit with me, but I can still function. I can still move around. I can still clap if I need to. I can still fight you if I need to. We may not have full mobility, but we are carrying these things. And another thing happens. We lose a job. We lose a very close friend. And we get mad at them because they left us. And we just keep getting more and more junk that we hold on to. And now, when something comes our way, instead of releasing things, we're used to catching things. And somebody says something, and now we're looking for that offense. We're like, oh, I got it. And another thing happens. And we're like, where is it at? Oh, like, oh, oh, there's that offense. Somebody said that five years ago about me, but I'm going to pick it up. And it would be so much easier for me to get up right now if I let all this stuff go and had full mobility instead of carrying it with me, carrying these past problems. And it would be so much easier for me to function today If I would just let go. It's harder to do what is easy. Even flipping a page. When we have all this stuff with us that we want to carry. Turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. We can learn a lot from Paul. If you don't know the story of Paul, his, before his name was Paul, his name was Saul. And he had a transformation And once he had that transformation, he did not let those things bother him. Paul had a past. How many people in here, by the raise of your hand, could say, you have a past? Everybody. Everybody has a past. The question is, is your past still present? We call it the past, but if it's truly the past, we won't let it affect us here in our present. And most of us, we have a past present. It was in the past, but we're still letting it affect us right now. And those negative things. And Paul's saying, listen, I have a past. I have a past probably worse than most of you. I was killing Christians. I was doing things with Christian women just to get them away from God and be like, hey, look at them. 
Are they really that good? Look at them. Look at what they just did. He says, they don't live any more differently than I do. That's what Paul was saying. And here, in the end of chapter 4 in Ephesians, so Ephesians chapter 4, this is one of those hard-to-live scriptures. There's some scriptures that are easy to live out. Like if we look at, you know, the Ten Commandments where it says, thou shalt not kill, we're like, okay, that's pretty easy. I'm not going to kill. But this here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, it's one of those really hard-to-live scriptures. And it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger. Hold up, God. You want me to get rid of all anger? I'm not even allowed to have a little bit. God says, no, get rid of all of it, all harsh words, all slander. Well, well, God, you know, I'm just speaking the truth about them. So it's not really slander. It's not really harsh words, you know, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. And you're like, okay, God, okay, now, you know, they've done this to me and I can't be a little angry at them. And now you're going to bring up my salvation. You're going to bring up what you've done for me just to prove a point. And I'm standing here with all this stuff. And life doesn't stop coming. There's another offense that comes our way. I'm like, oh, oh, come on. I want that. I want that. Hey, Michael, can you pick that up for me and help me out here? And sometimes we have somebody like Michael that helps us keep our offenses. They're right there to remind us, hey, this person did that. People like Michael, they help us hold on to things. Look at him. He's like, he's like, man, I shouldn't have done that now. But we have people like that that help us hold on to things. And here I am up here struggling and I can't let go. I'm like, okay, God. I can let go of a little bit of stuff. I'll let those two things go. Those are fine. Those are okay. But this, somebody was gossiping about me. They said some truly harsh words, and I am not letting that go. There is no way I'm letting go. This one, I guess it's about time for me to let it go. But we're still not free. We're still struggling. We still don't have full mobility And God sees us in our mourning and in our despair. And he says, you are my child. I want some good things to come your way. And he tries to bless us. And we have a blessing come our way. But our hands are too full with all this other stuff that we can't even receive the blessing. Because we're not letting go of everything else we've carried. In our life. And now we're mad. God, why don't you want to bless me? He said, I threw something your way. You couldn't get it because your hands were full. You weren't standing there with your arms wide open waiting for me to bless you. And if we don't release the bad things, God would be an irresponsible father to throw something at us that he knows we can't catch that he knows we can't receive god is saying i have something better for you i just need you to stop holding 
point number one. Release is God's desire, but it's ultimately my decision. Release is God's desire, but it's my decision. It is God's desire for you to be released from bondage. It is God's desire for you to be released from your past. It is God's desire for you to be released from addiction. Like I said, some of these things are easy for us to release. But some of these things we hold too close to our hearts. We say, they know that I struggle with an alcohol addiction. Why would they invite me to the bar? They know I like going out. Why would they invite me to the party? And we tuck it in a little bit closer. And we say, well, this family member or this friend, maybe they introduced me to pornography. Why would they do that? And now I have struggles in my relationships because I can't even look at my wife in a proper way because I have these high expectations of them because of what I've seen on TV or what I've seen in magazines. Again, some things are easy to release, but it's like fishing. It says, cast your cares. In fishing, it may not take a lot of energy, but George, it still takes a little bit of energy to cast that that bait out there, right? You still got to have energy to cast. And all of these things have sucked up all of our energy. So we can't release them. We can't cast them. Because they've taken everything we have. In this year of breakthrough, maybe God is not necessarily saying, I'm going to have you have a big breakthrough. You know, maybe he's not necessarily saying, I want you to make an announcement on Facebook saying, hey, I'm deleting people. You know, you're saying, I'm making a decision. And if I don't answer your phone call, well, you're one of my decisions. Maybe that's not what God, because when we do that, so many times, here's the thing. So many times when we do that, when we get on Facebook, like, hey, I'm cleaning up my Facebook. You know, if you don't see me as your friend, I've cleaned you up. I think too many times when we do that, we want people to be like, no, please don't delete me. And you're like, wait, don't delete you? Don't delete you? You have never once spoken life into me. You have never once spoke something positive into my life. You are always discouraging me. You are always reminding me about my past. And you don't want me to get rid of you? You want me to hold on to you? What have you done for me in my life? How have you got me closer to my one goal, which is God? And there are people and things that we just need to release. Release is God's desire, but my decision. Hebrews 12.1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Every weight. And then the next phrase says, especially the sin. So there are weights that we are carrying that may not necessarily be sin. It says, and let us run 
with endurance the race that God has set before me. If you ask me right now, if I could run here to the end of the parking lot and back, I could do it. Not very fast, not because I can't run fast, but because I don't have full mobility, because I am weighed down. Point number two, what you think you're actually holding is actually holding you. We hold on to these things that hinder our life, that hinder us from being the best. You come to church, you're like, all right, everything's going to be all good now. And somebody maybe looks at you a certain way and you're like, did they really just look at me like that? Did they really just give me the stink eye? I didn't do anything. Or you come to church and somebody says something to you. You're like, really? That person's a Christian and they said that to me? Or maybe you think you're being held to a higher expectation. You're like, listen, I can't be... Sorry, senior, I can't be at the church every day. I have a life, you know. And then we get mad because we're like, oh, man, we missed you last week. And it's not that we're trying to make you feel bad. We just want you to be a part of the blessing of God. And yet we get mad. And now we are holding stuff inside of the house of God. And some of us think, well, it's easy for Paul to say that. Yes, Paul had a past, but come on. Once he came to Christ, you know, things were easy, breezy, lemon cheesy for him, right? No, 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 no. Paul was a bad dude before Christ. But let me tell you, after he came to Christ, it certainly certainly wasn't an easy walk for him. In 2 Corinthians 11, he says, listen, I have been whipped. I have faced death time and time again. There were five times when I received 39 lashes, just like our Lord Jesus Christ. I have been beaten with rods. There is one time they even stacked stones on top of me to try and kill me. I was once lost at sea for a whole day on a little piece of wood. I, for my own people, have faced hardships and ridicule. And there have been times when I was starving and I had no idea where my next meal was going to come from. Paul had a lot that he could have carried. He had a lot of weights. And yet we keep carrying our addictions and our hurts and our struggles with us. We think nobody understands. Nobody understands what I've gone through. And sometimes it's hard to have the faith to believe that God's plan is better than the problem. But God's plan is always better than our problem. It's not a punishment. Whatever you're going through, it's not a punishment. It is a platform for God's glory to be seen in your life. It is a platform for you to say, I have overcome this. I made it through. You can too. And if we keep holding on, we will not get God's best for us. And there are too many people that just won't let go and they're never going to receive God's best. Philippians 3 Go ahead and turn in there, Philippians 3. 
And I understand that pain is real. I've been through hardships. I've been through hardships just this month. And I understand how hard it is to let go. And again, I'm not going to stand up here and sugarcoat it. Too many people, too many pastors will stand up here and be like, it's okay, just let it go, just let it go. You don't have a right to be angry. And I'm going to tell you, you do have a right to be angry without God. Without God, you have every right to be angry at what has happened to you, at the people who have mistreated you, at the things that you have been exposed to. Without God, you have every right to be angry. But Paul said, I die daily. When he said that, he said, I die daily to myself, to my selfish desires, to my sins. I die daily to them. And when I die daily to them, I'm able to let go and I'm able to pick up my cross and follow after him. Philippians 3, verse 12 says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already already reached perfection. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I have not achieved perfection or the greatness. But I focus on one thing. I focus on forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. That is why our windshield is so much bigger than our rearview mirror. Because we need to focus on what's ahead rather than what's behind me. And verse 14 says this. Paul says, I press toward the mark of the high calling in Jesus Christ. I am going to keep pressing on. I am going to keep looking to what is ahead. Because point number three, the formula to forgetting is fixed focus. We need to fix our eyes on the author and finisher of our faith. You know, Allie and I talk about sometimes how we need to release things. We need to, um, we almost say we need to shrink what we have. We need to downsize. And a lot of times they're talking about what's in our closet. Because if you know us, you know, she likes her shoes. I like my ties. I like my watches. I probably shouldn't. I don't know if I should say this, church, but I call myself a little bit of an accessory whore because I have so much stuff. I, I mean, I, yeah. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to admit it. I probably have more ties and more watches and more sunglasses than I need to. But hey, I have a vision for myself. I'm like, oh, I can see myself preaching in that tie one day. And so we're like, all right, we need to downsize. So one, one time I was like, all right, I was home on a Saturday. She's at work. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go through all my pants. I haven't worn some of these for a while. Maybe I just didn't feel like it at the time. But let me see what fits and what doesn't. And I just had this stack. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, all right, let me go through my dress shirts. I'm like, oh, man. Man, i got to stop eating all those baked goods. Man. So I'm like, no, man, I really want this shirt. I really like this color. You know, I got it, you know, at the thrift store. If I go to JCPenney's, that thing's going to cost me $40, you know. But I got this for five, so I just got to work on myself a little bit, you know. 
And I'm like, man, do I really want to get rid of these things? Like, no, I don't. And then I heard a pastor talking one day, and he says, when we hold on to these things that we haven't used for months, we are living with a poverty mindset. We are living this poverty mindset, like, oh, maybe one day. And what we need to do, we need to be able to release those things and let somebody else be blessed by them. Because if you're going to need it here in a few years, don't worry. God's going to bless you with that article of clothing. God's going to bless you with that thing sitting in your house. If he says, okay, you're going to need it 10 years down the road, but right now it's just junk. It's just taking up space. If I had Allie go in the closet herself without me in there, and she went through and said, okay, I know he can't wear this. He hasn't worn this for over a year. This, I don't even know why he bought this. This is hideous. It would be so much easier because I wouldn't be focusing on what was there. I wouldn't even be in the room think oh wait wait wait, you're taking that away i wouldn't even miss it because i didn't see her getting rid of it it's so much easier to let go of things when we have a fixed focus the only way for you to forget about about the past the only way for you to strip off those weights and lay your baggage down is to have fixed focus on god We focus on the things. We focus on the people who have hurt us, even though they're no longer in our life. Maybe somebody from five years ago you haven't seen since the last time they hurt you. And yet you're still holding on to that offense. You're still holding on to that one thing they said about you. And we focus on the wrong thing and we struggle. And we can't do everything that God has called us to do. But instead of focusing on that, we need to focus on the one who has saved us. We need to focus on the one who has redeemed us. On the one who has called us. On the one who is our blesser. And here's the thing. Sometimes we focus too much on the blessing instead of the blesser. We focus too much on the saving Instead of the Savior. Or we focus on the giving instead of the giver. Natalie Grant sings this song. And I went back and forth whether I was going to play it for offering or not. And it's called More Than Anything. I encourage you this week to find a quiet place. And look it up. Natalie Grant, More Than Anything. And the chorus of the song says this. Help me want the healer more than the healing. Help me want the Savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Help me want you, Jesus, more than anything. And when we fix our focus on wanting Jesus more than anything else, that is where you will have your breakthrough, your true freedom in Christ. Make that your prayer. I am fixing my focus. I hope you guys are fixing your focus too.
Proverbs 4, verses 25 through 27 says this, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. When we fix our focus on the one who has called us by name, on the almighty one who has saved us, then the problems that come our way, when we fix our eyes, we can't even catch them. We don't even see them coming because our eyes are fixed on Jesus. We don't see that hurt or that frustration. It just went by us because my eyes are fixed on Jesus. Like I said, there are sometimes some people we're going to have to let go of. Some of those people who are so toxic and remind you of your past failures every single day. And when I say speak life, maybe you're confused about what I mean by speak life. But uh, at the beginning of the year, we did a lesson, a four-week-long lesson with the children downstairs, and it was called Angry Words. And it was all about speaking life into people and making sure that we're not speaking negative things. There are so many people around us that every day they're speaking negative things into our situations. Proverbs, in Proverbs 18, it says, The power of life and death is in the tongue. What you say matters. It says the tongue is as sharp as a two-edged sword. And we go around and we let everybody speak negative stuff about us. Things that bring us down. And yet we hold on to them. We think we, think we owe them something. You don't owe them anything. You owe yourself something to let go. And look towards God and see what God wants you to be. What God has for you is so much more than you could ever have for yourself. We've been holding all these things and we remember the good things. And sometimes we hold on to the good things too long too. The good things are awesome. They're good things to be remembered. But if we hold on to them and just keep looking at that good thing, like this is that one time where God really blessed us. He blessed me 10 years ago. Look at this. Somebody says, what has he done recently? Well, 10 years ago, well, I know 10 years ago, but what has he done recently? Well, well, I, I don't know. Because our eyes were fixed on that one good thing instead of the God thing. We, as a church, we could have fixed our eyes eight years ago and just stopped with the steeple. But instead of staying on the steeple, we fixed our eyes on the future, and in a couple weeks, we were able to remodel the sanctuary because we fixed our eyes on God. And because we fixed our eyes on God instead of coming in here every week like, Yep, yep, this is it. This is all God has for us is this sanctuary. Because we fixed our eyes on God... We were able to get free sighting for a building. Because we fixed our eyes on God and not the fact that we have, you know, totally changed this building with minimal money. Instead of fixing our eyes on those good things, he has now opened up 
an opportunity for us in another building. Opportunity for us to grow. Opportunity for us to reach more and different people because we fixed our eyes on God and not just the good things. We said, God, we are keeping our focus on you. And again, it's good to look at the good things. But we've got to make sure we don't focus on them. God has so much more for you than you could ever imagine. Brings me to my last point. Stop holding it. Maybe it's not the fact that you're holding on to something. Maybe you're holding someone else on to their past. Maybe you're the one who keeps reminding them of their fault. Maybe you're the one who keeps reminding their spouse of when they messed up. Maybe you keep reminding your children, remember when you messed up? Remember when you did this? Maybe you keep reminding your spouse, remember that one time when you tried to fix something? Yeah, and it didn't go well. And now they're like, you know what, fine. I won't do anything in the house. I won't try to fix a single thing because I'm tired of your ridicule and all you do is bring me down. Maybe that's what you're holding on to. Maybe you're the boss at work and you're holding one of your employees to their past mistakes. And you keep going on every single day. Hey, don't mess up like you did the other day. Don't mess up like you did last week. We need to fix our focus on the God thing. In Isaiah, there's an account where God is talking to the children of Israel. And they're, they're, they're saying, you know, remember, God, when you took us out of the land of Egypt. You took us out of bondage. You prepared the way for us in the wilderness. He says, hey, yes, I remember that. But I want you to forget that. And they're like, wait, 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 hold up. You want us to forget that good thing? He says, yes, because... I have so much more for your life than that one good thing. What I have for you doesn't even compare to what you have been through. I want to bless you so much more than you have already been blessed. My plan is to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. But all you have to do is forget it. And stop holding on to everything. Because when you stop holding on, your hands are open. Not to just catch the good thing, but they're open to catch the God thing. The thing that is so much better than all those little good things that happened to your life. The thing that God truly wants to bless you with. And when you're holding on to the God thing, you don't see 
all those bad things that are coming your way. You don't see all those hardships that are coming your way. They come at you and they just go away. You said, I don't see them. I don't see them coming because I know what God has for me is so much more than what I have been through. I don't see those things coming because my focus is fixed on God. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He has plans for me to prosper. He has plans for me for a hope and a future. And I know as long as I fix my eyes on God, My steps are ordained. And no matter what fiery darts come against me, I have protection in the will of God. Philippians 4, 8 and 9. Another wonderful verse from Paul says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Fix your thoughts on the fact that you are a child of God, that you are redeemed, that you are called, that you are chosen, that you can be blessed. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of all praise. Keep putting into practice all that you have learned and all that you have received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. When you fix your focus on God, then the God of peace will be with you. Go ahead and stand with me today. I hope today you can say, I am letting go. I am fixing my focus on you, God. My arms are open wide so I can receive the God thing. God has so much better plans for you than the hard times that you are going through right now. I know it's hard. I live it every day just like you guys. I face the fiery darts too. And it's so hard sometimes to see the blessing when we keep putting the curse right in front of us. So I hope today, I hope this week, this month, this year can be your year of breakthrough. I hope you can open up your hands and your arms and let go of everything that is holding you down. Everything that is keeping you to be your best for God. And you can receive everything that He has for you. Father God, today, We thank you that you have called us, you have chosen us. We thank you that you have redeemed us. And we know that you have so much more for our life when we fix our focus. When we focus on you. 
Let us now open up our arms and lay it all down at the altar. We ask this in your name.